the heat could not reach to the ancient altar. Out back, where Marie Hamblin went, guided there by the Mexican woman, was the longest covered porch Marie had ever seen. It ran the full length of the old building. Someone at the north end could, of course, be seen by someone at the south end, but they were too distant to be recognized by their features. There was more of that glazed Spanish tile, and along the rotting eave ends, swallows had made mud nests. Beyond was the very old and very overgrown cemetery. The Mexican woman left Marie out there. She had said scarcely a word since Pete Red had unloaded the valises and had set Marie down out front. Beyond asking for Father Eusebio, his daughter had said nothing, which was probably just as well. The Mexican woman's name was Olivia. That much Red knew and had told Marie. He did not know her last name, and during the course of this short exchange, something about the way Pete Red spoke and looked left Father Eusebio's daughter thinking Pete Red did not like Mexicans. She was correct, but it would be a while before Pete Red confirmed this to her satisfaction. It was drowsily serene and fragrant out upon that vast and empty ramada. Marie was lulled almost to sleep several times during her lengthy wait. The last time she roused herself was when the housekeeper brought her a glass of lemonade. Marie's surprise pleased the older woman. In careful English, she said, These are lemons from Sonora, the Mexican province below the border from here some distance. We do not have lemon trees at Fort Triumph. The lemonade was delicious. Marie smiled. Do they bring the lemons up here to your town to sell them? She asked. That was how it was done in the border country of Texas. Olivia nodded gently, eyeing Marie with fresh interest. She clearly had not thought Marie would know such things. Few unmarried handsome women had to know about the original lemons along the lower desert. Of course, once they were married, that changed. They were required to know not only when the peddlers would come through with their laden burrow trains, but also how to haggle and squeeze out the last lemon for their coins. Olivia had been married at thirteen. She was forty-five now, and could not really recall what her life had been like when she had not been married. But she had an uncomfortable presentiment about this handsome, lean, tall woman in front of her, who looked so uncommonly like Father Eusebio. It bothered Olivia more than she ever would have admitted. Olivia Gomez was a very moral person. Something like this upset her terribly. And yet there it clearly was. The eyes, the gentler cast of the same strong jaw, the shape of the head, and the very direct and uncompromising gaze, with its little quizzical lurking smile. Well, of course it happened. The great patriot priest of Mexico had offspring. So also did the historical political priest Juan Almonte, who was himself an illegitimate son of... It did not matter. Juan Almonte had been dead many decades.
What did matter was this beautiful woman who clearly, despite her different name, could, to be charitable, be Father Eusebio's niece. But who Olivia Gomez knew in her hurting heart was Father Eusebio's daughter. God had been outraged. Still, who did you blame? Not this handsome woman, certainly. Not some warm and wanting woman who had, as had Olivia Gomez, found Father Eusebio Halloran both handsome and charming. Then who? Father Eusebio, whose great honor and whose good works reached all the way down to Sonora and Chihuahua? Marie said, Is Father Eusebio the only priest hereabouts? Olivia had to pull herself back as though from a great distance before answering. See, this is a poor parish.